Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, last week we started talking about the ABCs of faith. The ABCs of faith. What are the ABCs of faith? Well, the ABCs are what is faith? How does faith come? And how do I walk by faith? And, uh, but before we started that, I started off showing you this. I wanted to show you the importance of faith, the importance of faith. How? According to what the Bible says, faith is a pretty important subject. I know when, when I first became a Christian, uh, we, you know, I'd gone to church when I was a kid. You know, I'd gone to Catholic church and we'd gone to catechism and all that every Saturday. We'd be in there. Mike Morales would be shooting spit wads at everybody and the nuns would be, you know, telling you all these stories and stuff. And uh, so I had some background in religion, but I'd never really heard anything about faith. And so my idea of God was, I remember when I was applying to law school, I remember going and sitting on the track stadium there at UCLA. It's called Drake Stadium. And they have big, huge bleachers on one side, and then it's open on the other side. And I remember going up there when I'm applying to law school and saying, Dear God, please... Help me, help me to get into the law school that I want. I wanted to go to UCLA, and so help me to get into UCLA law school, and please help me, help me, God, and just kind of begging God, you know, that he would, he would do something for me, you know. And then I began to hear the Word of God taught, and I began to hear that it wasn't all just up to God, but that we had something to do with it, that it, God wanted to help us out, God wanted to answer our prayers, God wanted to heal us. God wanted to prosper us. God wanted it to go well with us. But it wasn't just up to God. We had something to do with it. And I don't know about anybody else, but that makes me excited. I'm excited that it, life isn't just a roulette wheel, you know, and that this guy, you know, he's blessed because for some reason God liked him, and this guy's poor because for whatever reason God didn't like him, you know, and that one dies of cancer because God didn't, wasn't really too interested, but this one lives, you know, because God really liked, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound too exciting to me, you know. It, it made me excited to know that I had something to do with it, that God was on my side. Hallelujah. Everybody say, God is on my side. God is on my side. Say this, say, God is for me. He's not against me. God is a good God. Hallelujah. And so Christians have come up with all these weird, philosophical, logical, rational, intellectual, whatever you want to call them, doctrines, trying to explain away why God would let the little girl die of cancer, but the evil mafioso, he would live. You know what I mean? And so they've ended up twisting uh, the Bible around to say, well, yeah, God... He kills the little girl. He lets the mafia. Who knows why that would be? But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. Jesus said this. He said, he said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Everybody say, Jesus came, Jesus came. So, I so I could have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus wants you to have a good life. That's why he came. 
He came so you could have a good life. But it's not just up to Jesus, it's up to us. And so I want to show you these different scriptures from the Bible that when I began to see these, when I was first taught these, I got excited because it said, it's up to me. It's up to me. It's not just up to some random, unknowable thing that God is doing. It's up to me. And so the first thing we see here is the kingdom of God works by faith. And I don't have time to go through the full explanation of this. But the Apostle Paul says here, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Everybody say, the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Say, it's the power of God. No, you got to mean it. Say, it's the power of God God. unto unto salvation. That means deliverance. That means healing. That means rescue. That means when you're in trouble, you yell out, God, save me! Save me! And what does he do? He saves you. You know, they come to foreclose on your home. We had a lady write to us from Yuma a couple. They're coming to foreclose on my home. You know, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation from foreclosure. Can you see that? It's the power of God to being rescued. It's not just the power of God of going to heaven when you die. It's not just the power of God of going to... It's the power of God unto rescuing you, unto saving you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. But look what it says there. To who is it the power of God to salvation? To everyone who? To everyone that what? That believeth. It's not just the power of God unto salvation to everyone. It's to everyone that believeth. It's to everyone that believeth. It's the power of God to rescuing you if you believe. It's the power of God to rescuing you if you believe. It's the power of God. Well, some, some Christians, they've heard this taught, you know, and they say, well, that, it just doesn't work for me. Hallelujah. It just doesn't work for me. Well, I'm here to tell you, God's word is not the problem. God's word is not the problem. The problem isn't on God's end. If it ain't working for you, it isn't because they have a power shortage in heaven. If it's not working for you, it isn't because these words don't mean what they say. If it isn't working for you, it's because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Hallelujah. That's why I love karate. You know, people tell us, all oh, that karate doesn't work. Well, how do you know it doesn't work? You know, I only know a very, here, you know, I mean, we're black belt. I'm getting ready to test for my second degree black belt in a few months. And yet, uh, I only know a handful of people who take karate pretty seriously. I only know a handful of people who could really injure you. You know, if they wanted to, they could break your neck. You know what I mean? They just kind of do one of these things, you know? And... You okay, Mr. Rep? (laughs) Hallelujah. Here's what I want you to see. Why why can't everybody who does karate do that? Because karate doesn't work? 
or because people don't work it. Amen. Do you understand what I mean? You know, people say, people say, you know, at this time of year, especially there will be all these ads on TV. Buy this machine and you'll look beautiful. Your stomach will be flat. Your abs will be look like washboards. Your arms will be big. I remember one time when we were in college. So Becky weighed 110 pounds and she thought, you know, she needed to get in shape. And so she bought one of these things that was on TV. It was like $10. Buy one of these. And she got it and it was just like a big rubber band. And it had handles on it and you put your feet into the handles and you grabbed the other handles and you kind of went like this, you know, while you exercise. And, and you were supposed to get in shape with that. Well, you know, you probably could get in shape with that, you know, if you didn't leave it in your drawer. You know what I mean? But it doesn't just work because it's in the drawer. Do you see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, if it ain't working for you, don't blame God. If it, I, I can tell you from experience. I can tell you from experience with faith that most people aren't there. They're not putting in the effort it takes to develop their faith. They're not spending enough time with God. I like the story that Keith Moore tells. He's one of my favorite preachers. He was one of our teachers in Bible school. And one time he was preaching before about 10,000 people at this special convention. And this lady came up to him afterwards. And she says, Brother Keith, please pray for me. The doctors say I have cancer. I'm supposed to die. Hallelujah. And, and he says, well, ma'am, it'll work better if you come listen to some teaching first. Listen to some teaching first. Get some faith built up into you. And then when I pray for you, we're more likely to be successful. And the lady said to him, well, I don't have time for that. Me and my daughter are going shopping. And, and he, wa- he said he wanted to say to her, well, then go ahead and die. You know, they used to have healing. They still have healing school there at the Bible school where we go. It's every day, five days a week. They have a special class just for sick people where they try and build up their faith so they can receive from God. And he says, you know, we'd get more customers at healing school if we just had a drive through window. And people would drive through and I could just reach my hand out and put it on them and pray and they could drive off. How, well, that's not the way it works. It's by faith. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. I want you to see the importance of faith. I want you to see the importance of faith. I want you to see that we don't have to explain away God's word. We don't have to say it's for the future. We don't have to say it's something spiritual. We don't have to explain away God's word. What we got to do is get some faith. Hallelujah. Look what this scripture says. We receive the tzedakah of God by faith. That's something we talked about for a long time. Look at here. This is Paul talking. He says, For therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed. That word righteousness literally means deliverance or rescue, setting free, helping the poor. That's what it means. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From who? To who is it revealed? From faith to faith. As it is written, what? The just, how are they going to live? How are you going to get life? Jesus said, I came that you might have life. How are you going to get that life? The just shall live, how? By faith. By faith. 
Jesus came. He spoke to a bunch of live people. And he said to them, I came. I stand in front of you. I came so you could have life. What would you think? What would you think about? I think I'm alive, Pastor Greg. Yeah, I'm still going. Yeah, it's still ticking. That's not what Jesus meant. So you could have abundance of life. So you could have a good life. How do you get it? The just how are they going to live? How are the just going to live? By faith. Hallelujah. We receive the grace of God by faith. Look here in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved through faith. What is the grace of God? The grace of God is God's favor. It's when God will do favors for you. It's when God likes you. You know when you like somebody, you'll help them out? Do you know what I'm saying? When you like somebody, you'll help them out. Is, am I just imagining that? Am I the only one who thinks that way? You know what I'm saying? You know, when you like, you know, you call up Captain Dan, you need a job. If he likes you, he might help you out. You need a job, you talk to Miss Lori. If she likes you, she'll help you out. Do you know what I'm saying? That's grace. For by grace are you saved. What does saved mean? In other words, because God likes you, you're saved. What does saved mean? Means delivered. Means rescued. They come to repossess your children instead of saying, thank God, it's finally over. Hallelujah. You know, is that what you say, Miss? Okay, well, I'm sending mine over to live with you then. You know, when they come to repossess your car or your house or whatever, instead of saying, instead of saying, oh God, we're finished, you say, save me, God! And if he likes you, for by grace are you saved? For by grace are you saved? Because he likes you, you're saved. Because he likes you, you're healed. Because he likes you, you're rescued. Can you see that? For by grace are you saved? Because he likes you. Does that make sense to anybody? How do you get God to like you? Through faith. Through faith. That's the only thing God likes. He looks at faith people and he says, Woo! Oh yeah, I like that guy. I like him. You don't believe me? Look at this next scripture. We please God by faith. But without faith it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible. Everybody say impossible. Impossible. To please him. him. Guess what? When you don't please him, when you're not pleasing to him, and you call out, save me, God. Guess what you're going to get? Hallelujah. If you don't please Dan, and you need that, Dan, could you help me? And he says, "Uh, who is this? (laughs) Who? How do you spell that? Where do I know you from? How did we meet? If you don't please him, you stop that. (laughs) My cross. Hallelujah. Listen. Listen. If you don't please him, if you don't please him, he ain't going to help you. How do you please him? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's faith that pleases God. It's faith that makes God look at you and say, Woo! Can you see that? 
It's faith that makes God look. You know, sometimes your kids make you happy and sometimes they don't. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, well, maybe it's just my kids. You know what I mean? Well, but when my children please me, then what? Then we'll do things for them. Can you see that? But when they're not pleasing to me, where they, they go to time out. They have a visit for Mr. Cinto. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Well, I want you to see the importance of faith. We receive the blessing of Abraham by faith. Look what it says here. Galatians 3, 9. So then they which be of what? 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 Are blessed with faithful Abraham. You, you know, Abraham became rich, the Bible says. He was rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. He became very rich, the Bible says. You want that kind of blessing? They which be of faith are blessed. That's how Abraham got it. He was faith man. God looked down and said, Woo! Somebody believed me. Somebody believed me. You're the man, Abraham. You're the man. Hallelujah. We receive... Through faith we inherit the promises of God. That ye be not slothful. Everybody say slothful. slothful. Turn to somebody and say, stop being slothful. Stop being slothful. No, you got to turn to somebody and say, stop being slothful. Stop being slothful. What's slothful mean? Who can tell me what slothful means? Lazy. Means lazy. Means a person who's not moving very much, not putting out a lot of effort. You know what I'm saying? That's slothful. Has anybody here ever had somebody working under them? I mean, have you ever had somebody working under you that was being slothful? <laughs> Sometimes I look at the guy sitting up here and I think to myself, my God, could they move any slower? You say quick, and they go like this. Doing our best, Pastor. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's slothful. Can you see that? But look, here's what I want you to see. That ye be not slothful, that means it takes work. That means it takes effort. That means you got to do something. That ye be not slothful, but followers or imitators is really what it means. Imitators of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You don't have any faith? Guess what? You can't inherit the promises. Our prayers are answered by faith. This is Jesus talking. He says this, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. Everybody say believe. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You know, I've taught on this scripture five million times. But if I ask you right now, what are you supposed to believe? Most of you would not be able to answer correctly. According to Jesus, what are you supposed to believe in order to shall have them? It's right there. You're supposed to believe that you receive them. Not believe that you're going to get them. Not believe that someday God will give them to you. Not believe that God wants to give them to you. All that's good. But you have to believe that when you prayed, God said yes. 
You got the answer. And if you do that, what will happen? You shall have them. You shall have them. Turn to somebody and say, believe that you received them. When you prayed. And you shall have them. You shall have them. You shall have them. You shall have them. 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 Hallelujah. You know, you don't always feel like believing. I remember one time when I prayed, I prayed for a, a couple suits. Hallelujah. You know, God's a good God. I, I just bought a $600 suit for $140. I mean, that's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, hallelujah. And it looks pretty good. You know, this is knit, but it looks pretty nice. It'll be ready next week. I'll wear it next week. You can see my $600 suit that I got for $150. But one time I prayed for a couple of suits. I said, God, I, I want a couple new suits. And, you know, I could have gone out and bought them or put them on a credit card or anything. But I wanted God to answer my prayer. So I said, God, please, I want two new suits. I want a couple pair of shoes. And I want some ties, too. Two new ties to go, you know, one for each suit. Hallelujah. And so I'm praying. And every night when I'd go to bed at night, I'd say, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for my new suits. I believe that I received them when I prayed. I thank you, Father, for my new suits. I believe that I received them when I prayed. I'd go to bed every night. Thank you, Father. Me and Jeremiah would pray together in those days before he was Mr. Big. And we, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that I, for my two new suits. Why am I telling him thank you? Because I believe that he gave them to me way back. Well, it went on like this for a month. A whole month! Thank you, Father, for my two new suits. Thank you, Father, for my two... I didn't tell anybody about it, but God and me. And, well, Jeremiah, he was seven. He would sit there, but he didn't really know what I was talking about. Thank you, Father, for my clothes. Thank you for those clothes I asked you for. A month went by. Nothing happened! Nothing! A month, a whole month. Two months went by. Nothing happened. Three months went by. Nothing happened. Four months went by. Nothing happened. Five months. Jesus said, believe that you receive them. And what will happen? You shall have them. You shall have them. You shall have them. Not maybe you'll have them. Not it's possible you'll have them. Not, you know, if God's in a good mood on that day, you'll have them. He said, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Shall have them. Shall have them. Five months went by. Six months went by. At six months, I'm thinking to myself, well... Maybe I should give up on this one. I don't know. It's been six whole months. You know, lots of times God's talking to people to, to bless you, to give you something. But they, they keep saying, God, when I get plenty of money, I'll do that. Nobody ever gets plenty of money. You never get enough money to give any of it away. That time never comes. You just have to do it. Six months came by. Six months went by. I'm saying, oh, God. I guess I better give up on this prayer. I guess I missed it somehow. I guess it's not coming. And so I said, well, I'm just going to keep thanking him till the end of time. And when I stand before God, I'm going to say to him, where's my suits, man? I I believed. Where's my suits? 
Hallelujah. So I just kept, thank you, Father, for my clothes that I asked you for. Thank you, Father, for the clothes. Within a week of that, I was about ready to give up. Honest to God, I was saying, well, I guess I did something wrong. I guess I missed it. I guess I don't have faith. I don't know what's going on. I missed it. Within a week of that, somebody called me up and said, you know, I want to buy you a couple suits. Why don't you pick them out? Get yourself some shoes, too, while you're at it. You know what I mean? You know, it's because I, I, I came to church dressed in old ragged clothes. No. <laughs> it's like, like one guy told the story. People, you know, in some churches, uh, after the service, they'll all gather up in the front. They call it the altar, and they'll pray together. And, and he was telling the story. There was this one man. He'd always get up next to the richest guy in the church, you know. And he'd get up next to him, and he'd say, Oh, God, please give me some shoes. I really need some shoes, God. Oh, God, I really need some. Do you know what I'm saying? But I didn't do that. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't let anybody know. Hallelujah. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. All things are possible to us by faith. Jesus said this, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to him. When In this scripture... What Jesus is talking about is doing mighty miracles for God. All things are possible to him that believeth. Everybody say, to him that believeth. Our faith can heal us. This is Jesus talking again. And he said to a woman who had just been healed, he said unto her, daughter, thy faith, thy faith. Thy faith, thy faith, thy faith. He said, daughter, your faith hath made you whole. He didn't say my power has made you whole. He didn't say God has made you whole. He said your faith. Your faith can heal you too. I remember the first healing I ever received. One of the first is actually, you know, this was a significant thing. You know, I prayed for being healed of colds and all that and had been healed, but this was something significant. When I was a kid, you know, I'm in college at this time. This was about, you know, I was about 23, 22. So, you know, five or six years ago, I was still in college, you know. And uh, I was with my roommates there. I'm looking pretty good, huh? I look pretty all right for a 78-year-old man, don't I? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, so, so I'm sitting here in my room, and I always used to get this thing where my wrist would swell up. And, uh, you know, I like to play basketball. I played ba- back in those days, I played basketball every day. And uh, my wrist is all, you know, I can't move it. It's swollen right here. If I went like this, there'd be kind of like a big lump here, sort of like one of the joints or something was all swollen up. And, and I couldn't move my hand like that. It would just move a little bit. And if I moved it like this, it would hurt. You know, ah! Oh, I mean, I don't know what it was, but, you know, it would, and it would be like that. And if I even went like this, it would hurt, you know. And so I'm praying, God, heal me of this thing. I've had this since, you know, I was a teenager. Please heal me of this thing. And, uh, and I believe that you receive them. Have faith for healing, you know. 
And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, I prayed to be healed. Jesus said, believe that you receive them when you pray. And you shall have them. And so I asked myself this question. I'm just a baby. I don't know as much about faith then as I do now. But I said, well, if I believed I was healed, nothing's any different. I'm still in pain. But Jesus said, if I believe that I'm healed, I'll get my healing. And so I said, well, if I believed that I was healed, what would I be doing now? And so the thought came to me, what? Well, you'd be playing basketball. This time of day, that's what you'd be doing. Well, I said, well, I'm right-handed. There's no way I can play basketball. I can't dribble. I can't shoot. I can't hardly move my wrist around. You know, how am I going to shoot? How am I going to dribble? You know? And so I said, well, I guess I'm going to act like I'm healed. And I remember I got my basketball, and the court where I played was, you know, four or five blocks away. And so... I got my basketball, and because my wrist was hurt, I was even carrying it over here in this arm, you know what I mean? And I got to the court, and I don't remember, at some point as I'm walking there, I just kind of forgot about all this. I got to the court, and the next thing I remember is, I'm shooting baskets, I'm playing basketball, and I suddenly, wow, I'm playing basketball. Man, and the pain was gone, the swelling was gone, I could move my wrist around, and it, it has never come back since then. That was, what was I? I was 22, 23, so that was, what, six years ago or so. It's been, it's been six years. Eight years? Eight. Hey, according to your faith, be it unto you, man. God satisfies my mouth with good things, so my youth is renewed like the eagles. Your faith can heal you. Your faith can heal others. James 5.15, it says here, the prayer of faith shall save, it says in the King James, but literally it means heal. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. The prayer, which prayer? The prayer of begging and crying? The prayer of, of pleading with God? The prayer of, oh, please, God, please, please, please. The prayer of calling the prayer chain? I hate prayer chain. People call me on a prayer chain. You know, I don't pray. You want me to pray, you call me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because what ends up happening is, you know, you pray for people, they get healed, and 1,500 other people prayed for them, and they don't know which one prayed in faith. And so they, oh, yeah, let's get 1,500 people to pray. Maybe one of them. Oh, God will hear them. If 1,500 people shouted, God maybe would hear them. That's not the way it works. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. You want to pray for the sick? You better learn to pray the prayer of faith. It is through faith we do the works of Jesus. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Everybody say, dem that believe. No, I said, dem that believe. (laughs) What are the signs? In my name shall they cast out devils. Who's going to do the casting out of devils? Believers. Dem that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. Who's going to do the speaking with new tongues? Dem that believe. They shall take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing and shall not hurt them. Who's going to drink any deadly thing and it will not hurt them? 
They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Who's going to do that? Them that believe. Hallelujah. Lack of faith stopped the apostles. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Why couldn't we heal this boy? And Jesus said unto them, Because it was not the sovereign will of God at this time for that young man to be healed. That's not what Jesus said. The disciples came. We prayed for that guy. Why wasn't he healed? And Jesus did not say, well, God didn't want you to heal him. He didn't say that. He said, because of what? Because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. I mean, it makes you feel better. Why didn't the person live? Well, it must have been God's will. Well, that makes me off the hook. Do you know what I'm saying? But Jesus doesn't let him off the hook. He says, because of your unbelief. Unbelief stopped Jesus. Mark 6, 5, he had gone to Nazareth, and it says he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And what happened? And he marveled because of their unbelief. In, a, in Matthew's version, it says he could do their no mighty works because of their unbelief. Doubt will stop us, James 1.6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering or nothing doubting. That, by, that word wavering is also translated doubting. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Does that sound like anybody you know? You need to get in the pastor business. You'll meet a ton of these people. Hallelujah. One week they're up. Then they go listen to some other preacher who talks them out of the word. Oh, well, you know, uh, God heals some, but he doesn't heal all. Now they're down. Can you see that? They're up. They're down. They're up. They're down. They're up. They're down. Stop listening to unbelief. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive what of the Lord? Anything. The doubting man is going to receive what from the Lord? Nothing. He's not going to receive anything. The doubting man will not receive anything from the Lord. The doubting man will not receive anything from the Lord. The doubting man will not receive anything from the Lord. Can you see the importance of faith? Hallelujah. So, we were supposed to talk about this today, but I guess we'll go till tomorrow, next Sunday. What is faith? What is faith? We can see it's important, but what is it? What is it? I don't know about you, but I want to move those mountains. I want to pray for the sick and get them healed. I want to believe that I receive when I pray. I want to receive the blessings of Abraham with faithful. The blessings of Abraham with faithful Abraham. Can you see that? I want to inherit the promises. I want to be pleasing to God. I want to receive the power of God and the salvation. I don't know about you. Maybe you guys don't want that. I want that. 
In order to get that, you've got to be able to answer this question. What is faith? And more than be able to answer it, you've got to know it. You've got to know what faith is. Hallelujah, hallelujah.